Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School, Chicago. I hope and pray that the following message blesses you with peace and hope in Christ, who died and rose for you for free. It is yours. If you'd like to support God's mission of giving life, hope, peace, joy, and love in the city of Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org. Peace. And Jesus Christ, His we'll only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. In the name of Jesus, amen. This past couple of weeks, uh, a number of people, actually, have come up to me and ask me questions about Pontius Pilate. You know, when you, you think of Pontius growing up, it seems like it's in the creed, poor guy, right? Like forever his name is in this creed. And you kind of grow up sort of thinking, you know, he's like uh, the joker to our Batman, you know what I mean? Like he's the bad guy. Or for Pastor Keating, Darth Vader to Luke Skywalker, if that helps for you. But you know, this is kind of there, like the bad guy, it's a great name too, Pontius Pilate, Right? And then, like I said, a couple of people this past uh, couple of weeks there, a different new member class and just conversations in the office, reading the, the Gospels, the Gospel account of Christ's passion, seeing actually what Pontius Pilate does, doesn't seem that terrible, right? I mean, actually, we're going to read it later on, actually seems to be fighting for Jesus the whole time, don't you think? He's actually frustrated that Jesus is being accused of all these things, so he debates with the the chief priests and the Sanhedrin and and everybody else. He continually says he's innocent. In fact, Pontius Pilate is impressed by Jesus a little bit. I think overall he thinks Jesus is, just doesn't quite get it, but he's innocent. But there's a point where uh, Pilate sort of asks, like, where are you from or something like that? And Jesus kind of makes it clear, not from around here. And Pontius is kind of scared. Pontius' wife, Pilate's wife, has a dream. And actually tells him, don't have anything to do with this Jesus. So Pilate takes this Jesus seriously. Pilate fights with people to make sure that he definitely does not believe he should be crucified. If you read the accounts... Pilate definitely does not believe this is right and that Jesus is innocent and for whatever reason they wanted to have him dead. Seems like a good guy. But he was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Actually, I should say, not only does he look like a good guy, but early Christians believed that he, some actually said he was converted to his deathbed. There's some small uh, sects of Christianity called him a saint. And overall, he was spoke of, I think, fairly fondly for a while in the early church. So they saw the same thing. Pontius Pilate sort of fought for Jesus. But like I said, he was stuck in a rock in a hard place. I mean, he said all the right things. He fought for Jesus. But in the end, it was pretty clear 
that if uh, Jesus doesn't die, if he doesn't get crucified, executed publicly, there might be a riot. And that doesn't look good for Pilate. And not just because he didn't want to think, see things get crazy, but he doesn't want a bad name for himself among the people that he is governing. He's not the ruler, he's not a king, but he's also working for somebody, another king, a great king, lives in Rome. And the chief priest made it really clear that Jesus is going around calling himself a king. Pilate, you can't let somebody go around saying you're king. We only have one king, right, Pilate? Pilate could see that if he lets Jesus go, he would pay a price. He'd pay a price as far as uh, lose lose power in his regime, there'd be chaos, but probably worse, with a riot in Jerusalem, his boss up in Rome might say, you can't handle it, very likely would say it, and replace him. And if things get really bad and he absolutely fails and his quadrant just goes into chaos, he might not just lose his job, he might lose his reputation and just be out of a lot and maybe even his life. So it was either Jesus or him. Not a bad guy, but what's he supposed to do? You've been in that situation? You know the right answer. You know what to do. But if you do it, you might lose something. And so you don't. Could stand up for somebody. And if you do, you're going to take their side, and now you might be grouped with that person that the rest of the office does not like, or whatever, or school. So you have to make a choice, a practical choice. You might say the right things, but you're not going to put the life on the line for somebody, because you might lose yours. Or the person that needs help, and you got some money to help, but you know, you also want to do something that weekend, so you're not going to help. Because, you know, you got to take care of other people. You got to do this thing you wanted to do. You had to make a choice. And you said hi and you prayed with them. Or maybe it's more nefarious. Those sins that you do that are not so publicly egregious that you get away with practical things. You don't want to put your life on the line, your reputation on the line, your money on the line. Try to keep that balance. Can you relate to Pilate? I mean, he had a wife at home, by the way. He didn't want to lose his job and not be able to take care of her just to save this Jesus life. Sounds like a problem we have. Not those disgusting, awful, crazy public sins. Yes, those are bad people. We're more the Pilate type. Pretending we don't see something, not helping someone that needs help, and justifying it all in our heads. Repent, sinners. Repent, Pilate. He could have saved Jesus and lost his job. Instead, Jesus died, and he got to keep his. You know what Pilate did? I think it's something we can relate to too. I can just imagine, first of all, him at nighttime 
thinking about what happened. His wife saying, what did you do? I had a dream, right? And Pilate's having to rationalize, well, I had to do it. I had no choice. You did have a choice, but you wanted to save yourself and not the innocent person. And at nighttime, I wonder if Pilate, for many nights afterwards, kept on seeing this innocent face and rationalized how he had no other choice. He had to do it. He didn't know any better. He was stuck there. Doggone it. Why did Rome put him in Jerusalem in the first place? And he went on and on to rationalize killing an innocent man so he could sleep at night. And what's really interesting in Matthew Matthew tells us that Pontius brought Jesus out in front of the people and made another declaration he's innocent and probably feeling good about himself. I'm doing the right thing. I am saying he's innocent. And then he baptizes himself, cleans his hands in the water. Remember that? Washes his hands, right? I'm innocent of it. He actually says, I am innocent. Let this be your responsibility. And the crowd says, let his blood be upon our heads and our children. But those words and that rationalization and that symbolic washing of hands in his own invented baptism didn't help his conscience at all that night because Jesus was still dead and he was still guilty. Have you ever done that before? Wrangling with your past and trying to justify yourself with reasons, the circumstance, the challenge, it was hard. I was put in a difficult situation. It's not my fault. Have you ever had to do that? Do you do that? Do you baptize yourself and try to clean your conscience with words and rationalization and maybe even legal things, hoping that you can declare yourself innocent and feel good about yourself, but you can't? It only lasts so long, but deep at night. Guilty. Ironically, beautifully, the crowds got it right. There's only one way to get innocent. There's only one way to be clean. There's only one way to have your conscience cleared, and it's not by debating and fighting for your innocence. But ironically, Jesus indeed died so Pontius Pilate could keep his life. Isn't that amazing? And ironically, the baptism, the choice there of him washing his hands and the crowd saying, let his blood be upon us, they had the right answer. Jesus' blood is a better baptism and a better rationalization and a better justification and makes us innocent and washes us of all of our sins. And I don't know if Pilate learned that later on. I hope he did. And what a day that would be where he could finally lay to rest what bugged him at night for good at the foot of the cross. What do you have to lay to rest there? 
We justify, we rationalize, and we pretend we're okay, and we make up all sorts of reasons why we do bad things to one another, why we reject God, and why we put him on a cross. And we do that because we're afraid. It's scary to be guilty. What would people think? What does God think? But those days are over because there's a better baptism. You can stop doing that. You can stop trying to justify yourself and justify your actions and stop baptizing yourself and every other excuse. Jesus forgives you for free. You're forgiven forever. And so now from now on, when you're frustrated by a past, when you're challenged, you don't need to make up stuff. You can just say, I did it. I'm guilty, and quite frankly, with a smile on your face because you're talking to the one that died for you, and you get to hear yet again, I forgive you. May you enjoy that today as we walk our Lord, watch our Lord walk to the cross. That's yours. You're free. You're justified. You're baptized in his name. You are now innocent. In Jesus' name. Amen.